Racism in America. As streets across the nation are filled with both peaceful protests and rioting mobs, calls for equality and an end to systematic racism in America come to the forefront. The death of George Floyd has sparked an outrage, a demand for change. But is such a change necessary? And if so, what does that look like? You're listening to The Mike and Messer Show, the show all about politics and technology. Today's show is going to look different than previous ones. Today, we won't be focusing so much on technology as much as we will the politics behind the current issue this nation is grappling with, racism. I felt that this discussion needed to be focused, calm, rational, and expressly different than what you might have heard elsewhere. This episode will also have a different format than previous episodes. I'll be bringing on to the show two different friends of mine, Ian and Brett. Both have been friends for either a decade or longer. Both are not irrational individuals. Both I would trust with my life. This discussion will be open without any filters. The intent of this is to generally look at both our past, present, and future in terms of racism in America and with the death of George Floyd. We may get into legality, psychology, worldviews, religion, and who knows what else. I hope you will enjoy this change of pace, and hopefully this conversation will start to educate some and bridge the gap and maybe, just possibly, begin to heal our nation. Welcome, Ian and Brett, to the Mike and Messer Show. Uh, I've known both of you for quite a while now. I do want to go ahead and apologize to all the listeners tonight that um, I am under the weather and I'm dealing with a cold, so if my voice sounds different or you hear me sniff or sniveling, I apologize in advance. But let's go ahead and get into this conversation as I think it is very important, especially right now, to really dig deep into racism in America. So Ian, why don't you start, introduce who you are, how we met, and any opening comments you have on racism in America. Uh, hello, everyone. It's uh, wonderful to be here. I'm I'm very glad to to be invited on the show. I've been looking forward to it uh, ever since I saw Micah start this podcast. Um, uh, again, my name is Ian. Uh, I live in Texas, the great state, and uh, I live here with my wife and my little daughter. We just had earlier this year. Um, I've known Micah for, like you said, about ten years. Uh, we met. Uh, kind of a simultaneous meeting at church and high school. Uh, he was uh, quite a bit older than me in, in grade-wise, but uh, I've enjoyed his friendship, and uh, he's meant a lot to me over the years, and uh, he's definitely someone I've, I've enjoyed keeping up with and and having a relationship with uh, for this long period of time. Um, like, again, I'm very glad to be on the show. Uh, before we start and get into the seriousness of everything, I just uh, I do want to say... Um, with everything going on, it's hard to look in introspectively and really see everything from everyone's perspective that's not your own. And I want to state today that I'm not trying to put my perspective on anyone else, and I'm not trying to put words in anyone's mouths, and I'm not trying to force anyone to agree or uh, substantiate my opinions in any way. Uh, they are not affiliated with Micah's. We are here to have a discussion. Uh, and with that being said, I, I want to come immediately and say 
uh, I do think there is a problem in America. I do think that the racism is an issue. Uh, how that issue affects us is something we'll get into, of course. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm just excited to be here. And uh, it's, it's going to be a late night for us, but we're we're going to enjoy it. We're going to have a good conversation. Uh, and we're going to hope that you guys, uh, again, can learn and and grow in it as we learn and grow in it together. And we're looking forward to starting this healing process in our world uh, that, that desperately needs it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for those words, Ian. Uh, Brett, you go next. Who you are, how we met, and any opening comments. All right. So uh, my name is Brett, and uh, I'm from the north part of Alabama. That's where I am now. Uh, Micah and I met in 2014. Uh, at the University of South Alabama. Um, We had a Bible study together, I think, and ended up becoming roommates. This is a man I trust with my life, and I often, you know, refer to him as someone who is uh, my best friend. So, um, yeah, he's uh, probably, you know, what you would call a close, close friend of mine. Um, As far as opening comments, uh, I've, I come from a small town, uh, you know, despite coming from North Alabama, like it's pretty well integrated you know, it's very diverse culture, you know, most obviously, you know, the majority of in America is white. Um, but there were, you know, large portions of minorities there as well. Um, and I honestly never thought of anyone different because of the color of their skin. Um, grew up without having any of that in my heart or my mind. Um, didn't really learn about racism until, uh, basically I was taught about it in school. Obviously I understand that it exists, has existed for centuries. Um, but that being said, like I grew up without having that in my heart or, uh, having an active part in it. Um, same thing with the University of South Alabama. Uh, Mikey can attest to it being a very diverse uh, university very and so. having multiple multiple different sorts of people there from all over the world, really. Uh, funny little side note, uh, a lot of people will end up coming here from out of the out of the country simply because they put in USA school and that's the first one that comes up. <laughs> it's true. And it's one of the greatest things I think about that school. But uh, anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. So yeah, I look forward to uh, diving into this uh, very heavy topic and trying to parse through it and hopefully bring some healing and some understanding just by our talks and everything. So absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's pretty clear uh, that Ian and Brett, both of y'all's hearts are with the intent to try to heal the current divide, to try to find the root of the cause, the, to try to pull out the cancer, so to speak. Um, and I think it's going to be, it, this conversation is, is probably going to be lengthy. Uh, just right now, I guarantee you this is going to be a multi-episode uh, conversation, but I think it's important that we really flush out every bit of this. And it, it's like whenever you're, whenever there's some type of cancer, and I can say from experience, my family's had cancer, my wife's family's had cancer. I'm very familiar with the way that this thing uh, works. 
racism is very much like cancer. You have to go in and you have to carve out every little bit because if you don't, it's going to regrow. I think this conversation is extremely important that we give it the time that it needs and not shortchange it, especially right now with what's going on. Right. Um, so, so let's start off with a very simple question that is kind of brought all of this to a head. And we've, I mentioned in the intro about George Floyd and his death in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So let me start off by asking both of you right off the bat, is what happened to George Floyd wrong? Uh, obviously, obviously the answer to that question is yes. Um, no one I've seen has actually like come out and in, in, in support of, of the officer who did this. Um, and I totally agree with that sentiment. There's, there's no reason why this should have happened and that it did happen. It is certainly, as you said, wrong. And it is more than just wrong. It's abhorrent uh, to see this happen uh, as often as it seems it does. And to see it, have this effect it's certainly not a good thing in any way shape or form and i'd be hard pressed to find anyone who who has said yes this was something that needed to happen because it's just so clearly against what people and humans should know as decent and and i just i i cannot fathom anyone having that opinion and and it's definitely wrong for sure 100 percent wrong yeah it's absolutely abysmal a, a, an abomination i have not seen a single person that you know i know um i'm kind of doubtful on the screenshots of everything but um no one that i know has even halfway supported that you know that officer what was his name Cho- Chauvin Shaw Derek Chauvin Derek Chauvin I think it's how you say literally his no one that I know has you know said hey that's that was the right thing to do absolutely everyone I know has gone and said that is horrendous wrong um and usually so I'm the kind of person who likes to try to wait and see you know what really happened and like the context and everything let all the facts come out at this for this one you don't even have to really see the context there's no circumstances that would make that an okay thing to do to put your knee on somebody's neck for nine minutes and have them die um there's absolutely nothing that i can think of that would make that acceptable in any way so Uh Absolutely. And I think both of you are absolutely correct. And we can all agree. And like you said, there's not a single person that I know that has seen what happened to George Floyd and said it was okay. And both of you guys know this, and maybe my audience doesn't know this. I was a police officer for almost two years uh, before leaving the police force for a better paying job. As we know, police officers in general don't get paid very much. Um, and I specifically remember once this occurred, seeing officers that I had served with of di- all different races, white, black, Hispanic, uh, Pacific Islander, come out and say, what 
this guy did was absolutely wrong. And it goes against the training that we receive as officers. And it, it hurt me because I, I saw this, this man, George Floyd, lying on the concrete, literally crying for his life. And this officer just seemed to just not care. Just let him die in his care. And that's, that hurts me at the core of, even though I'm not an officer, and it's just one of those things, just like, you know, you went to Marine, you're always Marine kind of deal. Uh, <laughs> um, it just hurts me as a core as someone who was in law enforcement to see someone violate their oath and to just destroy the profession in such a public manner and such an abhorrent manner. Uh, so I, I think you're both right that what we saw today or not today, what we saw, I guess, nine days ago now was absolutely wrong. And like you both said, I haven't found someone who has said it wasn't. And I think that's an important note to, to start off with when we're talking about this, uh, because the claim here, of course, is that police are systematically racist. Uh, that the United States is systematically a racist country. And I think it's important to note that if that were the case, why is everyone against what occurred? Now, I, again, I don't think everyone's against what occurred. I am sure there's actual racists out there who were cheering or whatever, and that's absolutely important, and those people should be called out and exposed for who they are. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, like I said, important to note that all three of us, everyone that we know, not a single person has come out and said what happened was okay. Right. Uh, Yeah, what I want to tag on that is uh, with everything that we see in the media right now, it does seem like there's a large us versus them mentality across the board, either white people against black people or citizens against police officers, police officers against protesters, rioters against Mm -hmm. their communities, etc. It just seems there's a large us against them mentality. But it's funny that I look back at the crux of it all, uh, what started this, the the tipping point per se, uh, with George Floyd's uh, death, is that it does seem like there's something that we all do have a common ground on. And if we can understand that we have, as all people groups across the board, police officers, protesters, even rioters, looters, uh, blacks, whites, Latinos, everyone generally seems to have the common ground that this was wrong. And with that being the case, that's something that we can all look to to build on and to help. I mean, if we can find common ground in one thing, you can it's a foundation to build a better country on if you ask me yeah we are we are the united states for a reason and we are really supposed to be unifying in a tragedy you know the united states has uh historically been very good about you know coming together in a tragedy and um you know 9-11 um december uh Sorry, it's been a long day. Um, when the U.S. was brought into Pearl Harbor, when U.S. was brought into World War II, um, historically, the United States has come together to 
respond to stuff foreign and domestic um, to you know, condemn, you know, what pretty much everybody agrees is wickedness. And honestly, we saw that here in the beginning where literally everyone and still so, you know, obviously with the divide in mind, still everyone is unified in saying that this was a moral tragedy, that this was not right in in the least bit. Um, And it's it's really heartbreaking to for me um to see that happen to see this whole nation like divide the way it is and see different uh factions basically sorry i've got some upstairs upstairs neighbors that i guess are doing laundry um rolling things around i don't know maybe they're maybe they're bowling anyway um yeah i don't I think I think we can all agree that obviously it's important, and that um, the the possibility of uniting behind a common cause is very much there. And like you mentioned, we're the United States of America. Now, of course, the the big kind of argument on uh, one side is that. United States is systematically racist or the more, more along the lines of there's police brutality and it's systematically racist. Uh, The the justice system is systematically racist towards African-Americans. And this has been the case, you know, since slavery uh, happened under Jim Crow, then after the civil rights movement was still occurring. And this has been an ongoing issue, even though there have been peaceful protests in the past. And, I think that's where we need to really start digging in. Uh, Cause I, again, I think we all agree what happened to George Floyd was wrong. And that that's a good starting point to build off of, to unite behind. But in order, like I said, to really deal with the issue at hand, we need to dig it all out. And so I would like to, to kind of guide the discussion towards police and systematic racism in regards to the police force in the United States. And I want to start off by listing some statistics for us all so that we can kind of get an idea of maybe perhaps why there's this idea behind systematic racism. So, in the United States, this is a statistic from 2015. And of course, if you guys are listening, this these links will be listed on the website episode page, uh, like I always do. African Americans are more likely to be killed by police. Okay, this is across the board. This is not a violent criminals. This is not a nonviolent criminals, property crimes, anything. This is just taking all of the numbers, putting them together. African-Americans are more likely to be killed by police. This is from 2015. 7.13 African-Americans per million are, uh, on average, killed by police. And this is justified and unjustified. Okay, so this doesn't discriminate between the two. 3.48 per million for Hispanics, 3.4 per million Native American, 
2.91 per million for whites and 1.34 per million for Asian and Pacific Islander. Now, the claim to show why maybe it's 7.13 per million blacks is specifically deals with the population and the percentages of the population. In 2019, there were approximately 328 million people in the U.S. Approximately 198 million of those were whites. That's about 60.5% non-Hispanic. And about 44 million were black. That's about 13.5% uh, in the United States. Non-Hispanic, of course. Arrests made per population. There were 5,858,330 arrests of Caucasians, 2,263,112 for African Americans. So if you take the population and uh, or take the amount of arrests divided by population, what you end up getting is uh, 23,330 arrests per million non-Hispanic whites, and then 51,453 arrests per million blacks. So almost a double amount of arrests for African Americans per million. Now, with those statistics, what you're seeing is African Americans are more likely to be killed by police, and they're also more likely to be arrested, uh, almost double on both instances. Um, I think that's where we start getting into are police systematically racist? Uh, I want to say... Uh, one thing real quick to the audience that uh, these questions were not pre-screened uh, to, to either Brett or no, myself. No, they were not. <laughs> and um, I feel like that's good to tell. Uh, just so you know, we're we're hearing these questions as you're hearing them. Um, so when we respond, don't always take the first thing we say because uh, at, at face value, because we're going to extrapolate on that, of course. Um, and again, like I said, this is we're trying to make this an organic discussion. Uh, like a real discussion that real people have and to make that better relate to you guys as an audience. Um, so with the, at the first glance of it, statistically speaking, you could say there's a bias there towards um, African-Americans uh, and both being killed by police officers and being arrested. Uh, obviously this is, the numbers don't lie there. Uh, that that's a fact. You can't dispute that uh, just because you don't think it may be the case. Um, but I, I want to say in the police system itself, I don't think there is a is a systemic racism as in as a whole system is uh, racist and is geared towards arresting and also in part to killing African-Americans. I really do not believe that. I don't believe that the majority or uh, even a, a small, a, a, a smaller portion of the police forces in the country. And there are many uh, have that issue. I, I really don't believe at their core that they are racist. I do think there is racism in the police. Clearly there is. That's not up for debate here. That's not what I'm saying there definitely is uh, clearly and you can definitely tell that in the past and um but do i think that there is a systemic in their core the police in america as a whole are racist i would say no 
No, right. I don't. Yeah, uh, I don't wouldn't say that it's like a, like what Ian said. I don't I wouldn't say that it's actually a majority like race based as much as it may come through with like. I watched a video today that was shared with me um, talking about like Jim Crow era redlining. Uh, basically, if you're not unfamiliar with it, where in the past people would just take like red lines, I think banking and uh, banks would just take districts and put red lines around them in on the map. And whoever's in these districts are less likely to be given loans and all sorts of stuff. Um, Micah, if you would find a uh, resource to that topic and put it in the description, that would be really helpful. Um, I'm poor at uh, describing things like that, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm not sure if the numbers really will show uh, kind of the background of the individuals who are involved in these, you know, killings and um, and arrests. But I think and this is not based on like heavy research. So just take this with a grain of salt. I do think that um a lot of black people have been affected by, you know, Jim Crow era, you know, policies, even to that, even to today, you know, based on, you know, family members who haven't been able to really break out of the area that they've been you know, kind of stuck in for a generation or so. And, you know, in doing so in this like situation, a lot of times I believe just, the lack of opportunity leads to a sort of stagnation that uh, is really unfortunately disproportionately affecting the black community. Um, Not saying that there's no way out of those sorts of situations. Ben Carson is a very good example of that. Um, But it is pretty well documented that black people have been pretty disadvantaged Um for you know several you know decades at this point but as far as to say you know this is the police's fault i wouldn't be able to confirm that now obviously you know racism is i mean there's always going to be racist somewhere until we like cut out the cancer as we said before Uh, and there's Obviously, there are some police officers who are bad apples in the bunch, um, but I, I wouldn't say that the entire force would have any sort of systematic, you know, racist tendency to go after black people. Not not from what I understand of the situation and from the numbers and from all things considered from my understanding. Uh- Micah, before you move on, I, I want to mm-hmm. just clarify something. Um, when you say, in the statistic you gave us earlier, the right. seven, I believe, 7.83 per million. 7.13 um, 7.1, okay. So right. let's say that's, if there's a million people, only seven of those are being killed. Is that correct? Killed by police. Police, specifically, yes. Yes. Um, so I would say if it's a systemic issue... And a million is a big number. Like it's it's a large number. And seven is a very small number in this scenario. And I think if you had a systemic racism problem, that number would have to be much, much higher 
than what it is. I, I don't think you can say a system as a whole could be racist if the numbers are that skewed. Because that is, I mean, I, I mean, we're talking like a very large gap. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that there isn't racism, but d- definitely that those numbers itself in that context do not at all, in my opinion, uh, support the theory that there's a systemic racism in our police force as in the country as a whole. Yeah. And uh, just to kind of tack onto that, did, did the numbers specify, you know, what ethnicity the police officer was in these sorts of things? Uh, was there like a separate graphic for, there, uh, there is, there is one, uh, I, I could post that as well on the episode. Um, I, okay. I'd have to go yeah, find I didn't it even again. think about that. that and that's it, a huge out. That's a huge point to it as well. There is something it, it doesn't specify. So there's, it's hard, honestly, it's hard to find statistics about this stuff and it's not for lack yeah. of trying. It's just generally, and this is what I found is this type of information is not generally recorded in such a manner as to give way to the statistics that we're looking for. Right. Um, right. You're just pulling but into our context based on the statistics given. As as much as I can find. And, and gotcha. what I had did discover was whenever, again, I have to go and find it. Um, there was a type, uh, there was a chart that I did find that talked about, you know, black on black, white on black, uh, and, and black on white, uh, uh, killings. And, um, that it was specifically towards gang homicides, uh, from 2007 to 2012. So it's a little bit, you know, not exactly, exactly what we're looking for. So I couldn't really find the black versus white, white versus black, black versus black, white versus white. Um, it, it just states right. overall. And, and I think that'd be a good thing to start tracking if, if the first solution to come uh, and however varied a solution may be, maybe looking and taking a deeper look at the specifics of the people involved in these things could really open our eyes to see a different perspective in one way or the other. Um, so I, I think it's a good idea to call uh, and, and I'm sure we'll come to a point where we have solutions uh, that we want to offer up in just our opinions, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But that, while we're talking about this, I think it's important to say uh, that we don't have all this information and we don't have it all at our fingertips, even if it was there. And maybe knowledge is power. And maybe that knowledge of knowing who's doing what can really open everyone else's eyes to really start correcting this issue because when you can't go into everything blind you have to have something that you can grab onto something that you can say this tells me that this is wrong and they need to do something to fix it right yeah and go ahead yeah and one little note that i'd like to or one significant note that i'd like to point out is that we're not saying that racism isn't a factor in any of these uh we're just kind of pointing out the the data and we're we're definitely aware that there is your know, racism that exists, uh, but I think what we're kind of coming to the conclusion to is that it's not so much a systemic police issue overall. Obviously, there's individuals with racism and prejudice in their heart, but that 
I, I believe that's an individual thing and not so much um, just like everyone. You have been listening to part one of Racism in America, a mini series from The Mike and Messer Show, a show all about politics and technology. If you like the discussion, follow The Mike and Messer Show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Don't forget, you can also submit your topic over at themikeandmessershow.com. That's T-H-E-M-I-C-A-H-M-E-S-S-E-R show.com. The conversation continues in part two of Racism in America. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time right here on The Mike and Messer Show. Thank you.